Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Ground Up with Natalie, where I hope you're coming to feel re-inspired and motivated every single week. Today, I'm chatting with my good friend, Brock O'Hearn, who is an entrepreneur and actor. He stars in a bunch of Tyler Perry movies and makes guest appearances in Euphoria, Righteous Gemstones, and Young Rock. I am so excited for you guys to hear our conversation today. We get into his ground up story. We talk about the industry and entrepreneurship and a bunch of projects he has coming up. So thank you for coming back. And if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to rate it. And thank you to Mastermind Media for producing this episode today. Well, we start every ground up episode with the ground up three, which are three very intense questions that I have to ask you. Question number one, where are you from, Brock? Wow, uh, I was expecting what's my favorite color. Um, oh, close. <laughs> yeah. I'm from uh, the same place you're from, Orange County. Yay, Orange yeah. County, Mission Viejo. Mission Viejo, uh, San, Juan. San Juan, Dana Point, all that, all, yeah. Yeah. We moved around a lot. Fun fact, Brock and I have known each other for 14 years. We just said this yeah. on your podcast, but yeah. I think I was 14 and I'm 28. That's 14. 14 years. Good math. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate that. I love my sisters. You're going to hate me for saying this, but she probably wouldn't have figured that one out. <laughs> <laughs> she hates math. She hates math. <laughs> she would figure that out. That was a joke. But, but. She, well, she's like a baker now, so she has to be good at math. Well, she dec- no, she designs, so she's yeah, like yeah. artist through and through. Oh, yeah. She's a full-on artist and, and massive in, in love with music, and she's she's the cool one. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> she No, truly, since I was yeah. 14, she was always so cool and I like looked up to her style the way she like moved through life in general I'm like Carly how do you do that I'm trying so hard to be cool and yeah. you are just organically doing effortlessly doing it welcome to my life <laughs> I grew up with her yeah yeah she's she's awesome she's my favorite person on the planet yeah she's getting married this year she is how do you feel about that guys Brock's sister who's my yeah. best friend is getting married this year how do you feel about your baby sister getting married is this question too no. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sidebar. Uh, I'm, she asked me to officiate, so uh, it's going to oh be, I'm, I'm looking into how to do that and everything. Um, it's going to make me start crying. We can't cry oh, on this okay. podcast. All right, come on, Dave. Oh. I'm very happy. Yeah, I'm very happy for her. I'm so grateful. She is, uh, she's very happy and, and she found a great guy. He's a very good guy, you know, and, and I, I love Tanner and it's, it's wild. It's surreal. Um, I'm excited one day to meet some new nephews or nieces, you know, uh, it's just, she's so cool. And I, I, I couldn't be more happy for her. I can't explain it. You know, like, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will start crying if I keep talking. So okay. Okay. Yeah. You guys have a very tight, uh, family knit there. And I know she's so grateful to have you as her big brother too. Yeah. Um, okay. Second question. What was your first job? First, first job, like, uh, in general, in general ever paid. Uh, well, first thing I ever got paid for, um, I grew up skateboarding and I used to make bracelets for some of the people. Like it was just a way to get like a dollar or five yeah. dollars here and there or whatever. So that was like the first thing. But I think my actual first job, I was 15 and I was working the night shifts at a bakery uh, for my buddy's dad's company. Horrible pay, free cookies. It's a good deal. Wow. <laughs> there yeah, you go. Yeah. Um, I thought it was Aberc- or Abercrombie. That was later. That was like my, f- well, was that first before that, right out of high school, um, which I also graduated at 17. Yes, I listened to your podcast. <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, and so I graduated 17. As The day I turned 18, I moved into my aunt and uncle's 
RV. They had like an RV at the back of their house. So I, I moved in with them. So technically my first apartment, you know, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Worked for his company as a trade doing air conditioning for a year and a half. And then after that is when I moved back to Orange County because uh, I burnt my face off and I always wanted to be an actor. And I, and I literally burnt like on, the, on a pipe I was welding. My whole beard came off and I'm like, I'm sc- it scabbed immediately. I'm like, I'm not gonna be able to do anything now. I'm, I'm screwed. And then a week later it came off and I was like, I quit. I'm going to, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go chase my dream now. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Good life lesson to yeah. start you off. And then it was um, Abercrombie. Yeah. Wow. Which so- still can't breathe the same. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. fumes in there that all of us children yeah. inhaled. Brutal. Wow. So that's already like five jobs before you even started pursuing acting. Yeah. Yeah, I, there's, um, I mean, there's a couple more mixed in there too, but eventually it turned into uh, personal training, which I did in person for a while. Mm-hmm. And then then I started building social media uh, and then that started to kind and then I built an online personal training business, which ended up leading me or allowing me kind of, I never knew anything about business or, mm-hmm. and I, I was always used to being broke. Um, so I figured it out. It was enough to get me to LA though. Mm-hmm. And to, you know, sleep on a buddy's couch for a little while and then another buddy's couch and then another buddy's couch and so on and so forth. Eventually but you got your own couch. Eventually guys, I got my plot own. twist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it all, it all ended up uh, working out a bit, but yeah, a couple things. And then I just, end of the day, I just knew I had to be here yeah. for whatever reason. Um, and I heard you say it as well on your, on your earlier episode. And uh, if you just know, it doesn't matter how far you are. Like mm-hmm. if, if LA was in Tokyo, I would have mm-hmm. gone to Tokyo, mm-hmm. you know, I, yeah. I would have found a way. Something I always say is at least we're so lucky that we knew because the next question is, what was your first dream job? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. What was your first dream job? Which is when you were like little, Little, right? Yeah. Uh, Paleontologist. Oh, since I was like four. Wow. Yeah. What's that again? Uh, I was, I was born in 91 and it was not too far off from when uh, Jurassic Park came out. So uh, it's digging up dinosaur bones. Got it. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not far off from mine, which is a chemist. Yeah. So which is amazing. Here we are. I could go up in flames. I don't know. That could, a lot of things could happen with a chemist. Yeah. What would you? Where would you go if you were a chemist? Like, what would be the next phase? It was. It was a really small phase of my seven-year-old life um, that I was super into chemistry, and I was a chemist for Halloween. I had the white coat. And I would get these science kits from Discovery Kids yeah, yeah. from the mall over there. It came with fake blood and a telescope. And I would look in the thing and I would build this little laboratory under my staircase. That's awesome. Yeah. But that. You're like a chemist Harry Potter. Yeah. I was like, I want to be <laughs> a chemist on TV. Um, that was very short lived, though. That was my favorite thing about. I mean, I acted in a play when I was 12 and I got hooked on that. And I think the main reason I got hooked was, I mean, besides I was so shy growing up. But I had this one teacher in seventh grade that uh, taught me acting, you know, and he was so kind and so giving and so generous and, and like everything. It, it inspired me and at a young age. And then I grew up with movies that were my real at, at a very early age, my only escape. And then it turned into working out. And, and obviously I fell in love with so many different kinds of films. But you look at these for me as a, a male looking at these leading males mm-hmm. and superheroes and all this stuff, I was like, I want to become that in real life, you know, whatever that is and tell those stories and give that back one day. That was, yeah. that was my real thing. And then it sounds like a pipe dream when you're young mm-hmm. and especially 
you know, when you're told no, or it's not possible from everybody around you, Mm -hmm. regardless if it's, you know, friends or family or just random people. And eventually one day you just got to go for it. Yeah. And so there were so many things in between, because again, you can't just tell your mom, unless you're lucky where you have a mom that's like, yeah, let's move to LA and I want to take you to every audition and do everything. So we kind of have, I have the same thing as you. I knew very young that I wanted to be an actor and I would tell my mom, I want to be like on Disney channel. And she's Mm -hmm. like, Oh, like she wanted to give it to me so bad, but didn't know how. And she has other kids and a life like they can't just uproot. So then I feel like we go through this phase of like high school and figuring ourselves out and having jobs that are, you know, whatever restaurants or Mm. I worked at Albertsons, Abercrombie. And then finally, once we get to that point where it's like, oh, that dream, like I can pursue it now. I can move to LA and I, I can save up and do that thing. And so is that what you did? You essentially were like, so tell me about, you started on social media essentially. Yeah. And I remember Carly telling me one day a long time ago, she's like, yeah, Brock started like, she's like, you remember like hashtags? Like he, <laughs> you know, was like, fuck it. And was on there like just posting all the time. And I'm wondering where you got that confidence to not, I feel like so many people are, like, oh, what, what are people going to think of me, especially five years ago? Or did you have this yeah. blind confidence that? I think then I, I don't as much, if at all, anymore care what people think, especially as an actor. I, I've learned to really, it makes you, I believe, a better actor when you don't care about mm-hmm. other people's opinions. You have to. Care yeah. about what you're doing, I think, obviously, and, and care about the character and developing a story and all the other stuff that goes into it. But uh, early on, it it wasn't even as much about caring what people thought, which I think I cared way too much. And I was very insecure and and worried about all the the outside world. I could see how Instagram worked. So it was about learning the algorithms from the front side of it, you know, where, oh, okay, if I do this, if I post in this, you know, formula, it garners these results. If If I do hashtags, the reason I did hashtags, like back in the day before Instagram, what it is, what it is now, or five years ago, or even whenever it sounds crazy it's like a decade ago now I, know. I didn't understand it at all I didn't join for at least a year or two after everyone else I was already doing it for for a while and what I learned was if you wanted to get more followers you needed more exposure and the only way to get more exposure at that time was you have to enter these contests on bigger accounts and they would shout you out and what I the little one of the little hacks I learned very early on was the hashtags and this is probably what my sister was talking about mm-hmm. was I looked up the top 100 hashtags that get and there's fake bots right so i'd enter a contest and they would say and it, at that point it wasn't even like how many followers you had versus how many likes or it was just whoever gets the most likes if you have five followers or if you have five hundred thousand, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter whoever gets the most likes win this contest they get shouted out by this company or this instagram page i would hashtag all of these hashtags and i learned at, at, through doing that you can't post 100 at one time mm-hmm. what I, I had to find that one little sweet spot, which was 30. Okay. So I do the top 30, get all the fake bot likes I could possibly get out of it and then delete them, put the next 30, get all the likes off that one and let them run their course. And then the next one and then the next one. And then obviously organic as well. But, um, I would do that as much as I could until I had the most amount of likes and I get shout out. And then all of a sudden, you know, boom, I got 10,000 followers from a shout out. And those were the organic followers. Yeah, exactly. You're getting it from the real followers. The likes on those particular posts were not. So you really, you cracked the code. You figured it out. That was one of the things, yeah. One of the things and, that you and did. And it's just because I became obsessed with it, you know, and it's not like I had real, I didn't have like a real job. Like Abercrombie was a part-time thing. You yeah. Know? And, and, and all the other jobs I really had were kind of that way. So as it started to grow, I became more obsessed. And then I tried all these different things. And then one thing whoosh, blew up, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm going to talk about that till the day I die. <laughs> Wait, what was um, it? I put my hair in a bun and it went viral. Oh, 
that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So I did that, but it was because I was trying to put content out consistently because mm-hmm. I saw the growth through the consistent uh, content. And it didn't matter where I could, I could post a surfing video. I could post a guitar video. I could post me working out, whatever. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, that one caught fire mm-hmm. and did like a hundred million views or some crazy, which nobody was going viral at the time. Right. Ch- changed my life. Honestly. Wow. Yeah. And that's what got me really to move here and, and chase the dream. I so. didn't know any of that. I'm so happy that we yeah. got into that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So then you came to LA. What age is this? 21? Probably around 21. Okay. So 10 years ago, yeah, I was trying to get out here because um, I, I graduated high school. I did a year and a half there uh, at, at the trade after high school. And then I did Abercrombie. Then I did True Religion. Oh, yeah, True Religion. And then I went to, I while I was at True Religion. <laughs> yeah, True Religion. I remember, I remember being like, uh, Carly's brother works there at True Religion. <laughs> what was it? Fashion, or which mall was it? Uh, Mission Viejo. Yeah, Mission Viejo Mall. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, I remember. I don't even think it's there anymore. No, um, it's not. I haven't been there at that mall in years. <laughs> But I would I got scouted for D1 football three times while working there just because I was obsessed with working out and I was extremely athletic. I was very fast uh, as well. But I it was people that didn't even see me work, work or play or do anything. And then I got a I got offered a scholarship for track and field. Never did track and field. What? Like all of this stuff because I was just physically. Yeah. Like crazy. And, <laughs> and same thing happened with rugby. I went to Utah one time and they're like, dude, we will we'll give you a scholarship to play on our team, please. We don't have anyone like you. Come on. I'm like, guys. You're like, guys, I've never, I, what is rugby? I don't, yeah. I don't even know. And same thing with football. I, like I moved around so much growing up. Like high school, I switched nine times. Middle school was like four or five, maybe six. I don't know. Uh, elementary was the same. So moved so much. I wasn't able to play any sports. So what did I have consistently was for me, movies and working out, you know? Wow. So I became obsessed with fitness and health. And so I, I went to Saddleback. They wanted me to play football there, which was our community college, and I didn't know what the game plan was. Like, if should I go with this guy who the last three people he scouted, his wife came in after, and she's like, the last three guys he scouted all went pro. Like, he he knows what Did he's doing. Did you even have a passion for football? Like, no. I'm missing the link between... No, exactly. I didn't. Okay. I didn't because I didn't have it. What I, what I have what I had growing up was, you know, skateboarding and surfing and painting and, you know, and movies. So you were like, put in a box very young. Cause I want to get into casting directors, yeah. putting us in boxes, oh, but they were like, and so you were even like, especially someone that's moved around so much. There's not that yeah. much structure and stability. You're like probably confused. Like, is this it? Should I go with this yeah. route? And, and it was so funny cause these numbers they're throwing around, like when I went to the community college, the, they wanted me to play wide receiver and, and I knew I was kind of tall to play wide receiver uh, but they just had a guy that was two inches shorter than me, mm-hmm. slow as can be. I remember watching his tapes. The coach was showing me, and he, and he was like, this guy just got a $300,000 ride to USC, like a full ride, and, and he was set. And I'm looking at this. I was like, and he's like, I can already tell you right now just from looking at you, you're faster than this guy. And and I looked at the tapes. I watched this. I, we ran. I ran, you know, my sprint. I did sprints. I did all the stuff. I was way faster. But I remember going to the game the first time and I watched the team play and no offense, guys, but it was so bad that I didn't even want to play on the team. And I didn't even I didn't even step on the field. I never put pads on or anything. And I just remember like, dude, these guys are horrible. And I just knew instantly I was more athletic than the majority of the people, at least on the team that I could see. Yeah. And so it wasn't exciting to me. Right. No one inspired you that yeah. you, you didn't look at it like, I want to be a part of that action. Yeah. And if that was my best shot at the time, I was like, yeah, yeah. Was, you know, uh, I don't know. Yeah. And I also was paying for college myself, working at a job that was minimum wage mm-hmm. and, and part time. And uh, I didn't know anything about what it would you know, take to do all that. So I just knew that, you know, 
I didn't start my clock. So I took two classes and this is the, to the point of all this was one of those classes was a health and fitness class, like a, a nutrition class, mm -hmm. which I loved. Mm -hmm. And the other one was a career planning class because I figured out what I wanted to do. Right. Acting and all the other stuff was a pipe dream. It was impossible. It seemed like at the time. And the second weekend, they gave me a piece of paper and this piece of paper was, it had three columns and it said, here's how much money you can make. This is what, uh, how much time it's going to take. And these are all the jobs and that you can have. And so I was like, well, I'm going to look at the best one. What's yeah. the best one? It literally said a doctor, eight years of your life, 150 grand a year. And I was like eight years. years? Yeah. And then I'm only going to make 150 grand. And keep in mind, this is somebody that has like $200 to their name, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. like, and I'm sitting here like, I don't even want to be a doctor and I respect the hell out of doctors, but like, I, it's not where my heart or mind no, is to going. No, spend eight years exactly. on pursuing. On it and on what if, because what if I don't make it or I'm not, I'm not smart enough or I don't pass the test also, or, I don't, or I don't make it that long. You, you have know? to take out a bunch of student loans because you don't have someone paying for your college. Exactly. And I, so, and then I knew that part too, you know, I don't have someone paying and I didn't have the money to finance it. So um, and then I was thinking, okay, well, how much debt am I going to be in by the time I get there? And then I'm only making 150 grand. And then you have taxes on top of that. I'm like, mm -hmm. I was like, this sounds crazy. You have to like, you'd have to love it. And I literally walked out of the class that day. I never went back. And wow. then, and then that's when I finished off my nutrition class. Um, cause I, cause I did love it. <laughs> and then I, I was like, I'm, I'm going to LA. I'm figuring it out. I don't care what it is. I'm yeah. figuring it out. Yeah. And I lived in a house with like eight people, the first one. And then I finally got my first place. Uh, and then I got robbed there and left homeless. And then that was in that position for a few months, uh, living out of my truck. And then... And throughout this, you're doing the social media stuff. Social media of, which stuff, yeah. makes sense, right? You're kind of obsessing over this one thing that you kind of have control over yeah. in a way. And you're almost hoping that that's like your ticket out in some way. Yeah, it was definitely opening doors as far as like, being able to meet people and I was getting offered stuff and I it was so funny. There was, I there was a pivotal moment of, I had to change my mindset and what I believed I deserved because I kept unintentionally, you know, uh, subconsciously, I would even say self-sabotaging. So I would get so close to a job and then for whatever reason, it would just fall apart. I'm like, mm -hmm. guys, I thought we were doing this deal. You know, like what happened? And every now and again, I'd get one here and there, you know, and it would be nice. You know, you get a nice paycheck from whatever, like five grand somewhere, which is, which was all, massive amount of money to me at the time. You're um, talking about social media, social jobs. media, okay. yeah. Promote promoting companies and stuff like that. And it was still a pretty new space. Yeah. Um, but it just was never sustainable. It was never enough. And, uh, at that time I probably only had a couple hundred thousand followers, um, which is still good. It was really good. Yeah. But, for 10 years ago, but I didn't know anything about business. I didn't have mm -hmm. a team. I didn't have yeah. no, no one to mentor me. Um, mm -hmm. and so finally, there was one point where I changed my mindset and I was like, you know what? I, I do deserve this. Like I just felt it for the first time in my life. And, and some big life moments happened to where I said no to some stuff and changed, changed some relationships in my life. Mm -hmm. And it opened up that door and I got my first apartment uh, with that $10,000, which I kind of had to <laughs> mess with some numbers on the, <laughs> on the account uh, to get me in there. But I got in and then from there I had enough drive to get, I lived in, that was my first place. And there was the first place in my life that I've lived for, two years consistently wow. by yourself by myself. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. And then I moved on from there and ended up getting another place and then, uh, getting my, my house and, and you've just been building since there truly yeah. from the ground up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice plug. Uh, um, okay. So what I want to know now, my favorite part about this is like, you have to learn every aspect of 
everything that you're doing. Like, like you said, you didn't know business, but you had to learn like how to negotiate deals. I feel like something with social media for me, at least is some of my friends are like, you should be doing paid posts. Like you should be. And I'm like, I respect people so much that do that. But for me, it takes so much time and energy, mm. right. That I'm putting into acting or like my businesses or the yeah. podcast or whatever. I'm like, I want it to just be like, Oh, Natalie, will you do a, will you be our brand ambassador? We'll pay you 200 grand. You know, like I'm, currently not interested. we're all waiting for that by the way yeah we're all waiting for that um guys it hasn't happened but if anyone's interested <laughs> i do have fifty thousand followers <laughs> um sponsor sponsor so you're you're trying to grow into when did you find out that you wanted to do acting and how did you get an agent and a manager because even though people probably think it was easy oh you have two hundred thousand followers it's like no you still have to pitch yourself to agents and managers yeah like to get on tv is fucking hard you, oh it is yeah people think like oh, well, she, you know, has it, or he looks like that, or did it? It's like, dude, no. It's not like that it's at all. one in yeah. in a lot. Well, I remember looking up some stat, and, you know, every stat's true, so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you were doing your research. Yeah, exactly. But this one was about actors, and um, they're saying, you know, only real, really 1% of actors, it's the most likely to fail job that you can have, essentially. Um because only 1% of actors are paid actors. And that's including, and of course that's a stat. And I, I, I can relate and say it's probably mm -hmm. pretty true because mm -hmm. most of the people in LA that are pursuing it aren't working, you know, mm -hmm. and that's in LA. Uh, but that includes people in the middle in like Ohio getting paid 12 bucks for a play or something like okay. that or, or whatever it is. And so I ended up going into a modeling agency first because as I built my following, I was like, well, I don't know anything about acting or the industry, but I could probably stand in front of a camera, you know, mm -hmm. I could try that and maybe that'll get me in the doors of where I need mm -hmm. to go. And that was a whole process too. And I get, ended up signing with, I went to Ford models and I told them I was six, five, not six, seven. And the woman <laughs> was like, uh, we love your look. Um, you took great stills or whatever, uh, or whatever they're called. I don't remember. Yeah. It's yeah, so yeah. Yeah. Stills. Yeah. What are they? But it's called, um, they have like Polaroids. Polaroids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, but she was like, honestly, our, our tallest talent here is six three and so you're you're too tall but i she gave me the most encouraging speech of like just don't stop chase it you know you have a great that look was nice. it was so nice because that doesn't happen all the time either yeah. so the next agency I, I went to literally that day they're like we want to sign you across the board it was a smaller agency um i signed with them horrible horrible experience i was locked in to the contract for a year i couldn't or couldn't get out of it and i lived in orange county at the time so I, it was like such a crazy mm. moment and um something happened in our family that it, it deterred. I couldn't come to LA and I, I was, I just had to be there for my family at mm -hmm. the time. And so finally when I was ready to come back, they didn't pick up my calls. They were doing that. Like, I, I called them and they're like, who's this? And I'm like, Oh, it's Brock. And I'm like, Oh, you, we haven't heard you from you in forever. And I'm yeah. like, I'm like, I know, but I'm ready to come back to work. Like I'm, I'll do whatever yeah. it takes. You know, like I'm so sorry. They didn't care what the situation is or what right. was going on. Uh, there's definitely no sympathy or empathy in that position. Right. Anyway. So they, they end up the call cut out halfway. I'm like, oh, that's weird. Okay. And I was like trying to explain the situation. I'm ready to come back to work. I called back and then th my agent answered again. And, and she goes, like, uh, hello, this is da -da -da. Who, who's calling? Can I ask who's calling? And I was like, oh, it's Brock. And then <laughs> hung up again. Oh my God. Yeah. So, I so what did I do? <laughs> Turn on. That was a horrible sound for a car turning on. <laughs> my, that, that, that sounds like how my car sounded turning on, to be honest with you. Back um, yeah. Back in the day. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, uh, and so I ended up driving straight to the office, straight to their agency. And I went and sat in the office and I remember there was one moment where I was sitting there and I could see my agent's office through the hallway and I saw her back there 
And then she caught wind of me and, and like hid and, and, and like pushed all her stuff aside and hid on the side. And then a different agent came out and she's like, Brock, what, what are you doing here? And I'm like, I came to work. Like I, I want to get, a, I'm, I'm, I'm here following up. Like I, I, I'm signed I with see, you. I'm signed with you guys. Yeah. Like I, I want to get this going. Like yeah. I, it's time, you know? And uh, she's like, Oh, well, your, your, your agent went out to lunch and it was like 2 PM at this point, which is not uncommon or whatever, right. but, but I just saw you. Oh my <laughs> um, God. And then she's like, and we, we don't know when she's going to come back. And I was like, Oh, okay. And I ended up, so I ended up leaving and I was like this, that sucks. And I was locked in this contract and I have no idea. I don't, I couldn't afford a lawyer. Couldn't figure out. Right. Right. And, and also it, at that time you didn't know because you could have technically been like, no, fuck this contract. If you don't get work within like 60 days, you're able to. And that's stuff I don't know. Exactly. This is stuff yeah. you don't know. Yeah. And this is such a typical agency, not typical, but almost scam like type things yeah. that you have to like go through in the beginning. And Oh, I hate how they handled that for you. So yeah. unprofessional. And they have a young kid in the office. Yeah. Yeah. And and that was, you know, for me, it, it was a very valuable learning experience too. Mm -hmm. But it was also, you know, that's not where my passion lied anyways. And I ended up doing a lot of modeling uh, and then even internationally at some some points, which is really cool. But um, it, I just was second I started acting. I was Came like, I, I just, I, I don't want to model. Like I have no desire, no passion for it. No, yeah. no anything. And well, what happened with me, how I really got started was, I, so I kept growing the social media. I went into another agency and they're like, it was at a point when agents were losing their jobs because of uh, how big social media was getting. There was, there was all these intermediate or uh, middlemen that were losing their jobs. And they're like, whatever you're doing, just keep building your brand. I'm like, my brand? I was like, what are you talking about? You know? And they're like, you have a ton of followers and, and everything. So I'm like, we could sign you, but you're probably like, with what's going on in the industry, we don't know if you'll work full time or not. And I should have just signed anyways, but I, in my head, it was like basically being told no. So, um, I, so I walked <laughs> like out. rejection. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what it felt like. And so I walked out and I remember looking up and I, and I specifically remember seeing a smart water, uh, billboard with Jessica Alba. And I'm like, Oh my God, it's not because she's beautiful, which she absolutely is. It's, it is why she's on that billboard with, with that company. It's because of her brand. And I was like, I have to build a brand. I have to keep building my brand. And so when I, I started doing that and I, I put more of my energy into social media and stuff started happening. And then next thing I knew I was on, uh, within the same week, like Steve Harvey show and then, um, ABC nightline. And it was funny because I was put in between, they do three sections on ABC nightline. And the first one was, uh, the Pope or no, it was OJ Simpson. Then it was me. And then it was the Pope <laughs> <laughs> and it was insane. And I didn't realize the gravity of it at the, at the yeah. time, you know, you're and just like, yeah. Yeah. Yes, man, doing it all. It, it was so, and so many incredible things happened. And during that time frame too, like I remember uh, BuzzFeed was doing this whole article on me and they spent like a, a couple weeks developing and stuff like that. And, and while they were doing that, they were going to put me on the front page, which was like of their website, which was like 10 million plus people a day or something like that. And they were doing this whole segment on me. Um, but while that was happening, someone posted, they have people that submit articles and stuff all the mm -hmm. time on Buzzfeed and someone put up an article about me and it just organically went viral. So they were even more pumped up. Oh wow. And then they're like, we want to do a meet and greet in Santa Monica, uh, on the, on the pier. And I'm like, and it was the day before, like the night before. And I, I was sitting there like, I don't know if anyone's going to show up. You know, like I, what Terrifying. do I, what do I do here? I'm yeah. like, I'm going to look like an idiot and they want to do the, all this press on it. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. So anyways, I did the post 
there were people who drove eight and a half hours there overnight. You're lying. I swear. And they're like from from little children to 70, 80 year old women showed up. Um, and you genuinely had this sense of like imposter syndrome, would it be? I guess, yeah. Of feeling yeah. like and no then, one would show up. Exactly. And then it was just it turned into a whole ordeal at the time. And and uh that was another thing that so all of that stuff happened in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And one of my friends uh was trying to introduce me to Tyler Perry. I couldn't make the first one because I was out of town. Well, a couple weeks goes by and he goes, Tyler wants to meet you again. And I was like, okay, I'm driving out of town. I'm sitting in five o'clock traffic. I was driving home to go see my family. And I was probably already an hour and a half in. And I had another hour of just, I was stop, dead stop traffic. He's like, dude, he's not going to try to meet you again after this. Turn around and, and go meet him. He wants to meet you at 630 at, at this place. And I literally, I was like, dude, I, I don't even know if I can make that. So I typed it in my GPS and it literally said, you arrive at 630. Oh my God. I, I was like, I'm on the way. <laughs> I, I, I flipped around. Uh, no, it's yeah, it's like, it's like, yeah, exactly. I'll make all these weird car sounds. <laughs> it's it's going to sound like a car breaking down is what's really going to happen. Um, I pulled up, we do the dinner. Um, it was, it was cool, but it was very casual. Like it, it was nothing. It was, it was me, him and, uh, and my buddy, Tyler, my buddy and, and me. He was like, you know, like it, it really just, we just had a normal conversation. He's like, you know what? Do you guys want to come up to the house really quick? You know, we'll just we'll just have one drink. You know, and Tyler like, said this. Tyler, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And I was like, sure, why not? What else am I doing? You <laughs> yeah. know, I just drove back here. Like, that's so sure. We go to the house. He shows us it is the most incredible home I've ever seen in my entire life. It's it's it couldn't be more grand and and like beautiful and the art in there and the there's sculptures and there it's this massive mansion. The movie theater was better than any movie theater I've ever like. Is the the guys. One, he has incredible taste, but obviously he's, in, and I didn't, but at that time I didn't know much about yeah. Tyler Perry. Yeah, that makes sense. And so I'm just like, what is going on right now? Yeah. But at the same time, um, through life, I've, I've garnered uh, a lot of experience and, you know, I was 23, I want to say at the time. And we, I remember he like, gave us, he's like, okay, you know, thanks for coming over. And he went to the door and he's like, you know what, let's sit in here for a second and talk, you know, and he had this room right next to the front front and they had these it was this beautiful look like a canopy inside of a tent you know and it was beautiful with all these books all around us and wow stuff. so we sit down you just feel inspired just by like being there yeah it, and it really was like and he's he was such a kind and genuine and person but it, it really did seem like okay you know there's nothing here but the reason he even took that meeting was because he saw abc nightline and he saw steve harvey and he's like who the heck is this guy that i keep hearing about you know mm-hmm. um which was apparently me mm-hmm. um but we started sitting down and talking and i remember at one point he was like we started getting kind of deep about just life and philosophy and stuff like that. And he goes, I didn't, wow, I didn't learn that until I was 30. You know, wow. I didn't, I didn't understand that. And I remember us talking and my buddy that was sitting there, I could just, I could just feel that me and him were speaking a different language. Really? And and it's just, it was the most incredible, like mind blowing moment. But because of that, it, it opened up a a friendship uh, between me and Tyler and his whole thing was like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I came here to act and I have no experience whatsoever, but this is what I want to do, you know? And because I'd been blowing up on social media, um, you know, I, I can't remember how much farther down the line it was, but he offered me my first movie role because he had hired a bunch of people from social media in his boo Medea Halloween. Okay. Um, and that was how, I mean, I still had to like audition and do all the, the yeah. whole process and everything like that, but, um, um, got me the first role and it was, you know, that started the whole thing, you know, so I definitely owe it to him uh, as to why I'm even sitting here right now. Yeah, absolutely. But you did so many things before that, that got you to that moment, you know? Yeah. 
that um, were quote unquote failures, right? This weird encounter with this agency that didn't work out yeah. and people didn't believe in you. And so that was your first time on set ever. Ever, yeah. Was um, that movie. And then you did a show, one of his shows, yeah. right? And then I did the show. Yeah, I did the show right after that um, because work, after working together, I think uh, he saw that. And then uh, that uh, one, I was in love with it too. But but also uh, I was a good fit for this character that the show he was developing. Mm -hmm. And I just remember like getting the call and I'm sitting here like I, I remember sitting in the room with all the execs from TLC and Tyler was there and, and they were auditioning people. And I'm sitting here like, what is going on right now? Oh my like, this is insane. And I remember... They were all prepped because they knew what they were doing. No one told me that that was a big audition process. And they were like, you know, final callbacks and stuff like that. And so they're auditioning everyone on this big stage. Yep. And I remember they wanted to do a chemistry read <laughs> with me and the other actor. And I was like, what ah. is a chemistry read? I was like, well, yeah, what's a chemistry read? And then two, I haven't even seen a script yet. Like, what do you mean I have to go up there and like, what are you talking about? And oh. I made a fool of myself and somehow it ended up still working out. Like I got through it, fumbled through it enough, I guess. But, um, and then it became, you know, the first show I ever booked and, um, it changed my life instantly. Wow. I went from, you know, sleeping on somebody's couch to it. It was like, I, I did well that year. Yeah. And, right. it, and it was my first time ever seeing money. My first time ever being able to be like, yeah, I'll, I can cover that dinner. You know, oh, I can buy right. that truck I want to get now. You know, I can do all the, and, and it, it really opened up my eyes to, um, what's out there. And obviously it's been a constant evolution since, and mm -hmm. I've fallen in love with business and this business and, and then behind the camera stuff, producing and, and eventually one day directing. And, uh, I, I love writing now, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, but it's understanding and inundating myself more into one, you know, there was one moment, I think this will describe everything perfectly as, as I was at a birthday party, which was Tyler's. And he built up this lavish, incredible uh, uh, space outside. And I just remember I, there was a couple of friends of mine there from the shows and stuff like that. And then uh, I'm looking over. And I'm like, that's Al Pacino. That's Susan Strandon. I'm standing between Terry Crews at one point and, and uh, Samuel L. Jackson. And I'm literally like, well, there's this tiny little table and I'm in the middle of them. And I remember Samuel L. Jackson saying, I got to turn my birthdays up. I got to set my birthdays up. You know, and I'm sitting here like. You guys are saying that like, what the, what is going on right now? And I remember a couple months later, I saw he had this massive birthday party uh, and everyone was like dressed up to the nine and everything like that. And I'm like, I was there, there. for that moment. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I was like, but the whole point of me saying that was I had this moment of like, what am I doing here? And I remember talking to a buddy of mine because he had the same feeling, you know, we both were newly on Tyler shows and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And I remember thinking I'm supposed to be here. For whatever reason, I'm supposed to be in this room. I deserve to be here, you know, like I, I belong here in a way. And it took a lot to get to that mindset and to that belief. And now, you know, I've, I've got incredible friends from all walks of life and, and, and all facets of, you know, at least this industry and, and many others, actually. And at the same time, I believe I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be when I'm supposed to be there. Yeah. And whatever happens is, is going to happen, but doesn't undermine how hard I'm going to work for where right. my dreams are and, and, and where I'm going to get. But it takes the stress off of like, okay, maybe I'm not a lead on a show right now, mm -hmm. or maybe I'm not a Marvel superhero or whatever mm -hmm. you want to be. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm happy and I love what I do and I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be when I'm supposed to be there, you know? Yeah. So I love uh, that. Yeah, That's such good advice for someone to say like a mantra to them all the time, like nixing that negative self-talk and being like, nope, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. 
right now. Because when you really look at your your life path and what leads you to success, it's it's never that straight line. And you'll hear that a million times over. And maybe it sounds cliche, maybe it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the path it takes to get there, I, I had gotten some of the biggest doors closed in my face only for it to open a bigger door, only for it to introduce me to some of my best friends now, only for it to make me, you know, end up in places and, and see things that I remember there was one, one point um, because of social media too, I was going on these trips getting like they were all paid for and, and I was working with big companies and stuff like that. And I remember there's people like I was not making money that they were making these execs at these companies. And they're like, what does Brock do? I make $2 million a year and he lives a better life. I was like, I make 20,000, but I live like yeah. a king. You know, like, <laughs> exactly. I'm like, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, but it's just like, it, it was that scale of just, you know, um, you know, life is what you make it. And mm-hmm. I just have been grateful for everything along the way. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. You said, um, big doors have slammed in your face. And I just recently had a really big brick door, just like smash in my face regarding acting. Mm. And it's hard. It's, it's really hard. It's a blessing. But you're telling me it's a blessing. And it's weird because because I've trained myself, right, with with magic, with mindfulness and philosophy and inundated myself with those things, I was really proud of myself for uh, bouncing back so quickly. I mm. cried for like an hour and then I was like, okay, like this was meant to be clearly. Yeah. Something bigger is happening for me and that other thing was not meant for me, you know, and my agents and managers were just like, I am so sorry. Like they were emotional. They're like, mm-hmm. this must be, you know, heart, like take the time. And I'm like, no, like, and I'm not blocking it out or suppressing, you know, the rejection that just happened to me. I'm still feeling it, but I'm like, no, let's go on to the next, send me more auditions. Yeah. Like, you know, let's get this, this ball rolling. So I heard it from, I think Dave Chappelle at one point, he was in an interview um, I've heard a few people say this, but the people that are at the top of this industry are some of the strongest people you're ever going to meet. But it's because of moments like that moments. One, there are, there's a whole another category of things that happen in their personal lives. Right. But this is, you get told no almost daily, you know, and on a regular basis. And most people, I had a conversation with a friend two days ago, who's hyper successful in the space that he works in. And he goes to me, he's like, I don't know how you do it. He's like, I could not handle being told no, like being told no. Like I just, I would not be able to be an actor. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what to do. And that's why I do what I do because mm-hmm. he has control over it and, and to that degree. And, and I was saying, I, I totally understand, you know, but that's one of my favorite things about acting is it's taught me more about myself than mm-hmm. I could ever wish for or hope for, you know, and, and that's not only in being told no and learning from those rejections. It's also in, uh, what studying a character, you know, deep diving different people and how they work and their personality types and, you know, uh, and also me wanting to develop as a person, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, where I started at and who I was versus who I am now and, and who I'm going to be one day are completely mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. versions. And I just think that it's constantly an evolution. And there was something that people would tell me a lot when I was younger, uh, regardless of, of where I was at in life. And they would say, Oh, you're so good where you are. Don't ever change. You know? And I'm like, are you out of your mind? Mm-hmm. Like, I am never going to want to stop changing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to want to evolve and grow and become the best version of myself for the rest of my life. And I'm like, if I stayed here, you don't understand how much hurt is in here or you don't understand how much wi- will and, and drive and, and hope and, and 
like how many dreams are in here? If I stay here, then I don't get to those, you know? And so I've always been a, a fan of regardless, you know, it could be your sleep habits. It could be, uh, you know, you hear a quote at the right time. It could be a mentor. It could be the right book at the right time, but always seeking, you know, those, whether it's discomfort, whatever it is, but always seeking a better version for yourself because you deserve that, you know, and there is no pinnacle in life. And that's the thing that I love about acting is that there is no like, Oh, you reach the peak and that's it. It's yep. like, guess what? There's a different peak over there. There's yeah. a, there's a forest over there. There's yeah. a, you know, there's as many different weird, like there's a different dimension over there. Like you, yeah. there's nowhere to just peak out and stop. So it's about understanding that and, and taking life as you, as you go and, and showing up where you are at that time. But I think, uh, there's just really no, no limit to personal growth and, and mm-hmm. career growth and, you know, just life in general. Yeah. I feel like acting really offers, uh, a chance for us to grow as human beings, like as, as a job, whereas like maybe a normal job, it's so consistent. You don't really have to possibly, I don't know. I've never had a nine to five. Well, I worked at a debt collecting company once for two weeks. Um, you probably called me a few times. Any cubicle. (laughs) (laughs) Rock O'Hearn, San Juan Hills. (laughs) We're going to hit next skip on this one, please. (laughs) Within, you know, that growth in between pursuing and roles and all these no's. Is that why you think that you've created all these other endeavors? I know for me, that's the case, right? I have so much time off with acting. You're like free until you're not right. You're like, I always tell people, they're like, can you get lunch in three weeks? And I'm like, if I'm not in China filming a movie, yes. Like I'm free until I'm packed busy, but this is what's, you know, allowed me to develop magic. And so for your podcast that you have studio 22, Mm -hmm. Is that what the podcast is called? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And everything that you're doing with Will and the the business endeavors that you're having, is that from you just being like, I don't know, just developing your purpose in life Yeah, and staying busy, right? Staying busy is one thing. I mean, I have friends that all they want to do is act, so all they do is wait for the auditions and... and That's so interesting to me because I have friends like that too. I don't comprehend it. I don't either. And and it's... But it's... Oh, it's teach their own, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't judge it. And at the same time, it's it's what works for them mm-hmm. to a degree, right? Sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. Uh, some of them are happiest people I've ever met. Some of them are absolutely miserable, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's about, I think, finding that balance for you and exactly what you're saying. Like I put so much into myself for years and, you know, we had that, whatever you want to call it, but it feels like a big reset in a way uh, with COVID where I didn't work at all, like maybe one job or two jobs the yeah. year before. And then it was that. And then I was like, Oh, I'm definitely not working. this is uh, going to be a rough little bit of time. And yeah. I'm seeing the, the numbers in the account go down and I got lots of bills and, and I was putting so much energy into just doing that. And just doing it, acting, just doing acting. Yeah. Oh. And so when it, when I came out of that, um, and I'd done, you know, obviously social media stuff that, yeah. that was helping a lot. Um, but I fell in love with marketing, you know, I fell in love with uh, storytelling even deeper and, and reading and, and developing and writing. Um, and so what I when I came out of it, I was like, I needed that to slow down mm-hmm. and to take a look around and to see where I'm at in life and, and who I am. And then moving forward, I was like, what am I doing? Like, I love business. I love creating. And I, I know that for me, acting was not ever or is never going to be the end all be all it's, you know, it's, it's an opportunity to do what I love on and hopefully on the grandest scale I can possibly do it, but couldn't agree more even. Yeah. And it's, and that's, it's such a useful tool if you want it to be, and it is whatever you want it to be because 
like I said, I've been in rooms that I can't believe I'm in could ever be in. And I, I've had experiences that are now normal to me that would be life changing for somebody else to talk about that moment for the rest of their life. And I'm grateful for those. But but at the same time, I'm surrounded by so many people that have had so much success where I was like, I love business. It's time for me to do business, you mm-hmm. know, and it's time for me to create uh, revenue streams that, you know, will give me more freedom to do mm-hmm. what I love or to even invest in more in what I love. Um, and whether that's on the producing side or um, whether it's just not having to think twice about any other bills or, or you know, a mortgage right. or whatever it is. And uh, so I fell in love with that. And now it's been, you know, a fun process. We've got a really cool thing going with our comic book, uh, Kane, mm-hmm. which uh, is is every day changing in the most beautiful way. And, and partnerships are coming up that we were like, this is just insane. And and that dream is every time you, you water it a little bit more, it grows. And yep. seeing that take off and, and what it looks like from the outside perspective versus what it really is and what I think it's going to be one day is, you know, night and day difference. Wow. Uh, and same thing with the podcast, you know, we, uh, we started it. And one of the main reasons I wanted to start it was because I believe, and I'll continue to believe this to the day I die, that my career is going to keep on growing. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, I could be a little better at interviewing. I could be a little better at maybe a talk show, uh, if right? I get to that point. So I, and I wanted to just keep continuing sharpening that skill. I love that. It's like practice. Exactly. And I also love people and I love diving into people's mindsets and, and mm-hmm. understanding how they work and what makes them tick and, and mm-hmm. why they are who they are mm-hmm. or where they are in their life. And um, that was another way to do that. And it's increased uh, my mindset because I take little nuggets from each person every time we have a convo mm-hmm. and, and I apply them myself. And, you know, not everyone gets to listen to every single podcast that we do or that, that you're going to do as you continue to do it. And there's going to be some that will. Right. Mm-hmm. But you get to sit in every single one. You get to have those conversations. And wherever you're at in your life at that time, there, there's a lot of times going to be that one little thing that you heard that's going to change you a little bit and make you a little bit better. And that's why I love it, you know, and I hope I can give that back to people as well. Um, but I, you know, I just, it's, I, I move out of passion. Everything I do is with passion, with love. But at the same time, um, I have big goals and big dreams and yeah. I want to, I want to get to a point one day, uh, you know, God willing that, I have the studio that gets to hire all my friends and all the mm-hmm. people that deserve it or deserve the first chance like I got with Tyler, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and to give it back and, and as grand of a scale as I possibly can. And not to say that that's going to happen or not, but mm-hmm. it's a goal, you know? Yeah. Well, if you continue with the freaking mindset that you have and the grit <laughs> and the perseverance and you're so young too. And, and listening to ground up and listening to ground up every yeah. single Wednesday um, yep. at midnight, you're just continuing to grow. I can't believe to hear that just two years ago during the pandemic. Oh my God, just kidding. Three years ago now, crazy. Um, you were kind of, you know, not in a you, stagnant a little bit like, okay, let's do that. Haven't, you know, booked a couple things in two years now realizing that it's going to probably be another year at the time you probably thought or a few months where like nothing's going on. And so, you think that these new discoveries with your businesses was because you took that time, you took that inventory on what's going on inside yeah. to be able to cultivate that. I think it was also exactly that. Yeah. And I think it was also uh, a sense of it's time for me to commit, you know, it's time mm. for me to, I owe it to myself. I need to get out of my own way and I know I have what it takes to do what I want to do. Go do it. Uh, because you can wait. It's the same reason I moved to LA in the first place is I kept having people every day. Oh, you should play when I was at true religion, for example, 
people every day would be like, oh, you should model, you should act, you know, my aunt's a manager, oh, you should play D1 football, oh, you know, my cousin's a, uh, an agent, I should introduce you guys. And so it was a whole year of that, and, and I'm sitting here like, okay, now today's the day, someone's going to come in, they're going to, you know, take me to Hollywood, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. The day never came. No. The end of the year came, and I looked at how much money I made, and it was so embarrassing, because of the time I felt like I put in that store, that I, I, I was like, I can't. <laughs> I'm done. I don't have a choice. Yeah, I don't yeah. have a choice because I'm not going anywhere with this. This is not progressing me anywhere. No one came in. No one's going to give me the golden ticket. And this no was, one's going to give you the golden ticket. That was the conversation I had with myself was no one's going to give me the golden ticket. And my mindset from literally January 1st of that year moving forward was, okay, maybe someone is going to, maybe it'll come along and I'll get the golden ticket somehow, right? Maybe. Most likely not. So that could happen. I'm not going to rule that out. But what can happen is I can go there and I can earn it and I can build it and I can grow it. And that will definitely determine if I can do it or not. And that is why I moved to L.A. because it was the whole, you know, the golden ticket's there or it could be there Mm -hmm. metaphorically. But truth be told, if I earn it, then I know it'll happen. Mm -hmm. And that was why I was like, I'm going to L.A. Let's go. Let's do this. It's the same thing with with your career. It's the same thing with your business, with your relationships, your friendships, whatever it is. If you put in the work and the time it'll come back. Yeah. It'll pay dividends back towards you. Yep. It's like a flower. If you water it, it'll grow. If you don't, it'll die. Exactly. And we love living flowers. <laughs> we do. We love watching them bloom just like our careers and our relationships. Exactly. Um, I love that. I think that that's such a, a great place to end at here because I think a lot of people are waiting for the golden ticket or they think that they're going to be discovered in a Starbucks line or even if you're not in the entertainment industry, if you're doing something else, you think that it's going to come along. No, what's going to come along is 10 years and you're going to look back and what you wanted to do, you didn't do. And that that's okay. You know, it's not for everyone, but if you have a dream or something that you want to pursue, like start taking action yeah. now and failing because you need like a thousand failures, I think, before you get one yeah. little success. And that's, you know, that's the secret right there mm-hmm. is get comfortable in failure. Get understand that failure is only the opportunity to more intelligently begin again. Failure gives you an education, mm-hmm. you know, and, and um, I think that, you know, you know, they say knowledge is power, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, and what I've come to understand by reading a lot of philosophy stuff is, is knowledge is nothing without action. Mm-hmm. If you're not taking action and you're not learning, you're not failing, you're not growing, you're never going to get to where you want to go. You know, and even with that golden ticket, if you get there, the chances are you're probably not going to stay there very long. Mm-hmm. One of the best pieces of advice I got from a very, very successful friend of mine was it's hard to get to the top. It's even harder to stay there. Wow. So when you realize that it's it's always going to be hard work, but your threshold and what you're able to handle can grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just like your ability when you're told no every single time, it does something to you mm-hmm. and it'll either break you or it'll make you. And it's just what you allow it to do. And if you understand that, okay, that no affects me this way. I get anxiety every time I hear this or every time I got to open one of these emails or whatever it is, figure out why that is. Go to the root cause of whatever it is and really figure out on healing it or changing it or changing the way you feel or react to it. I've come to find that, you know, life isn't what happens to us. It's how we react to it. And our reactions are everything in the world around us. Mm-hmm. Simple example, if I get cut off in traffic, which happens every day in LA, mm-hmm. I can get upset. I can freak out. I can get out of the car. I can yell at somebody, you know, they can do the same and we can get into a major, you know, fight or whatever and go to jail and change my whole life. Or I can be like, you know, that person's probably having a bad day or how am I going to 
take two deep breaths or, you know, or just keep cruising, turn up the volume on my, my uh, thing, ignore the sound and keep going, you know, it's, and I'll have a great day. And neither one of our lives are affected by that, except for the fact that you can allow someone else's uh, energy or, or, you know, someone else in general change your life. And it's like, well, no, I have control over my happiness. Mm-hmm. I have control over my emotion. Uh, it's time for me to figure out, or, or emotions are kind of crazy in general, but if I'm able to like harness that, then none of that other stuff's going to affect me. Well, then boom, everyone else in my life is going to benefit, including myself. Mm-hmm. One thing I always uh, uh, say as well is one thing I always say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I say that too much. Um, but, uh, and now I lost my train of thought because I said that. What an idiot. Oh, no. <sighs> it was a good point, too. It was a good point. It'll come back. It'll come, It'll back. come back when we're yeah. done with this episode. Um, yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, Brock. Thank you so much. If you guys want to listen to Brock spit more wisdom, go listen to his podcast, Studio 22, which is available anywhere you get podcasts. Um, Also, Brock has a really cool fitness app that he's developing that's coming out soon. So be on the lookout for that. Where can everyone find you and follow you? And thank you. First off, saying all that. Um, Yeah, just I think uh, social media is just my handles, Brock O'Hearn on Instagram and I don't really use Twitter, but it's the same on there. Same. Yeah. Are you on TikTok? Yeah. I know. I have one, but you know, it's funny. I used it for literally two weeks and it blew up to like 300 and something thousand. What? Like two videos. <laughs> and then I just was like, I just don't want to It's do too this. much. It's a lot. This is the thing. It's, a, it's amazing how, because it's kind of how, I would say even more viral than how Instagram used to be. Uh, and I think it's an incredible tool to grow an audience and, and to it's helping a lot of people make careers and stuff, mm-hmm. which is exactly what happened to me. But it's just, I'm at a point in my life where I've, I've put in a, a, now a decade into making content and totally. in, in that way. And now all I want to do more than anything is make the content I want, which is, you know, film and, and TV and, uh, and, and create more things. And it's how much time I knew it took, which changed my life. Right. And I'm going to continue to do it, obviously, for as long as I, you know, mm-hmm. have to, um, but or or even can. But it's not like it doesn't drive me anymore. Right. You know? I, I don't have great. true passion for it. Yeah. It doesn't feel authentic. Yeah. Do you, when do you feel most authentically yourself? Mm, I mean, when I'm moving around a lot of weight in the gym, probably. Really? Yeah. Really pushing myself because that's where I, where I truly first found myself, I think, was mm. I realized through that hard work uh, and the results I got off of it is, was the direct effort that I put in is what I received. And it's, and it showed physically Wow! because if you cheat yourself, you know, you can get away with things in different aspects of life and kind of, you know, finagle some things. But when it comes to your body and the work you put into it, the nutrition you put in your body, uh, everything shows if something's off or, uh, you're not losing the weight you want to weigh, mm-hmm. lose or, or whatever it may be, it shows. And that's one of my favorite things about it is, is I learned that lesson. And I also learned from a good friend of mine, uh, his dad, he said, whatever you do in business, do it the right way. You do it legally, do it, do it, um, do it correctly. And it'll always come back to you. And the same thing is in the reverse. If, if you do something bad, do you think I want to look over my shoulder the rest of my life? No. And I don't have to remember a lie. I can remember the truth all day, you know? Mm-hmm. And so my advice is just always mm, do I like good. That. Yeah. I it's true though. I don't remember a lie. I can remember the truth all day. Yeah. I love that. I've and never that, heard that. That's so true. Really? Yeah, yeah. People get caught up in that all the time and it's just, you know, it's, it's less effort and energy and totally. 
And what's what's the point of the other side? You know, right. I found that so many people they'll do all these crazy things to you know con somebody into giving them money or to do uh, or to lie or to do whatever it is. And I'm like, if you just took that energy and you put it into something positive, maybe mm-hmm. it'll be hard to start up with it, mm-hmm. but you will be so successful, if not more successful because of that. Definitely more. Yeah. Right. Because it's the harder, quote unquote, harder thing to do. But on the other side of hard things is yeah. everything that you want. And so many of those, you know, things that are in that space, the negative space, uh, it's it's a short lived, quick grab, you mm-hmm. know. Look at, you know, all this crypto stuff going around. These people that maybe they had billions in their accounts and stuff, but they're all going down mm-hmm. uh, because they scam people. You know, eventually the truth comes out one way or another. And I just, you know, I like to sleep sound, you know, yeah, uh, I yeah. like my sleep. <laughs> Same. Yeah. I was telling one of my girlfriends, I was like, yeah, I sleep like I sleep like a baby every night. And I always have knock on wood um, and I sleep like nine hours. And she's like, that's because you're like, you don't tell any lies or like you're <laughs> a good person or something. I was like. Oh, yeah, I guess that's kind of true. <laughs> Sleep like a baby. Um, okay, Brock, thank you so much for doing this with me today. I love chatting. Thanks for having me. Um, hopefully we can do it again in the future. We will. And when I remember what I forgot, we'll have to do another Yeah, <laughs> just text yeah. me. Um, okay, that's right. it. That's a wrap. Thanks, thank you. Pleasure. Pleasure.